0: Today's scripture reading is Luke 2, verses 1 through 2. This is a little bit. In those days when the decree went out from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Murray was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered each to his own town, and Joseph also went up to Galilee. David, he was called Bethany, because he was of the house and in the age of he entered. He registered with Mary as the betrothed, who was to a child, and while we were there, the time came for her to give birth And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swallowing flaws, and laid him in manger, because there was no place for them in the end. And in the same region there were shepherds, out in the fields, keeping on to the flock. Amen. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the an angel said to them, "Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. It will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day, the seed of David, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you saw it, they made known the same
1: Jesus, the name of the angel, that he was conceived by the in the world. Merry Christmas Church. This is a... Um... let's try that again. Merry Christmas Church. Merry Christmas! All right. <laughs> Actually I really love this. Um, I always wish Christmas could be on Sunday. Every year, um, it is right and good that we worship today and we celebrate and, you know, and revive usually kids. You know, you're usually off, you know, <laughs> in the lighthouse room, and today we thought we'd do something special. The pastors, we talked about it, and we said, let's hold all the families together, and uh, so Joe is usually the one who preaches for you, and I know maybe some of you guys think, Joe is my pastor, but... Kids, I'm your pastor too, all right? (laughs) And I am honored and delighted to be your pastor, and uh, I'm, I'm very glad to get to preach to you today. And this passage I'm preaching is my favorite Christmas passage, and it's not just my favorite Christmas passage, it's one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. And this passage has straight up changed history it's changed the world. And, um, and some of you, if you've been with me for a while, you've heard me preach this because I love this passage so much. Every year I always want to get to I was like, all right, OK, no, we won't preach it again this year. Um, but I really wanted to preach it today. And some of you may have heard what some of the things I'm going to say. But today, kids, I get to teach it to you. Right? I have you in mind. And not just the kids. I'm, I want to preach to those of you who are in middle school. Um, or in high school and in college, especially young people today, I have you in mind um, as I talk about this tremendously incredible passage, okay? So let's get right into it. This is the first Christmas. This is what it was really like. It's not like what you think. It's not the manger scene as you quite understand it. The way our culture and the way kind of Western Christianity, Western is like, that's European and American Christianity. And it's funny to me, like American, European Christianity is the way even Koreans understand it. I thought that's really strange. You know, Koreans are hardly Western, but they think of Christmas the way Westerners have kind of celebrated Christmas. But if you actually read the Bible, it's not quite like that, okay? And so, let me just read this opening part, and I know you just heard it. And but then I'm going to read this opening part, and then we're going to sit on um, this very this part that I just think never gets enough attention. Okay, kids? I don't know why. When I was a kid, nobody ever taught this to me. <laughs> All right. And so, since I'm a little bit annoyed that when I'm eight years old, nobody taught it to me, to so when you're eight years old, I will teach it to you. Okay? All right. So here's how it goes. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. That's like the most powerful man in the world, okay? Caesar is the ruler of the Romans, and he is right now the most powerful man in the world. That all the world should be registered. That is, they're going to count you. It's called a census today, That's so what we do it. In America, we do this every 10 years. So they, this, is what, this is how Christmas happened. The Roman most powerful emperor of the world said, this has to happen. So then this is, that's how it unfurls. Verse 2. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So this is not a myth. You can look in history. You can figure out there was some guy named Quirinius. You know exactly when he was the governor of Syria, that's when it happened, okay? And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So here's, here's how this works. This is the area called Israel. The top area is called Galilee. The middle area is called Samaria. And the southern area is Judea, okay? And... Uh, he has to go from the top area, so you have to travel. And by the way, the middle area is called Samaria, and the Jews and the Samaritans hate each other. <laughs> There's a lot of racism there. So it's just like today. You know, people don't like certain other people, that you just avoid them. So he would go like this, have to go all the way around, go around Samaria, and like this. And his wife is pregnant, very, very pregnant. And so kids, you don't know this, but when, when um, your mom was pregnant toward the seventh, eighth, ninth month, you are not supposed to travel. The doctor says, don't go anywhere. So Mary and Joseph, they don't want to be traveling. But they're little people, they're poor people, they're Jews, and they're great, powerful people. The Romans said, you got to do this. So they don't want to do this, but they have to. Okay, because they're poor and because they're lowly and they have no power. That's how it works. You have to do what the powerful people say. Okay? So he goes all the way down to Judea, which is it's pretty far. And they're probably walking. So it's really hard on the mom, especially. Okay? So, verse 5. Goes down to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth." OK, so that's how we know it's pretty late in the pregnancy. Verse 7, "...and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths." Swaddling cloths are kind of like that, you know, you, you see the baby and they wrap him, you know tightly. It's kind of like that's what they are. But since they were poor, they were probably not nice. It's like a um, rough sackcloth, okay? So Jesus didn't have nice silk. He didn't have nice cotton like you probably did. Jesus was wrapped up in something pretty rough, okay? And uh, very unpleasant, okay? And then this detail, which you all know, you all know this detail. Everybody in the world knows this detail, but I'm not sure why people don't think about it. It's kind of like tradition. There's tradition. There's a holiday. <laughs> it's like you just know the story, and so then the story just comes out. So they laid the baby was born, and they laid him down in a manger, and then there's this detail because there was no place for them in the inn. There's no place for them in the inn. Okay? I want to just talk a little bit about this. This is the first Christmas. Okay? Um, What is the manger? Okay? So, the verse that I really want to focus on is this verse 7. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, And laid them in a manger, because there's no place for them, in the end. So can we, like, maybe, what is a manger? It looks like this, kids. Okay, so maybe we can flip forward. It looks like that. Now I actually think, you know, you just see these pictures. I just, I just Googled it. I found it on the internet, and I just threw it up there. I don't think it looked as good as that. (laughs) It probably was junkier than that. It was probably That's actually kind of nice. So what is that, kids? You know what that is? That's the place you put in the hay and stuff, and the animals eat out of that. (laughs) And today, we wouldn't call it a manger, because a manger sounds like a nice word. We put Jesus in the manger. It's a nice word. (laughs) You know what it is? It's a feeding trough. We put Jesus into the dish bowl for the donkeys and the horses." <laughs> you know, some of you guys have dogs. You guys have a dish bowl. Right now, we're, we're dog sitting, OK? And there's a dish bowl, and the food goes in there. If the, that bowl was a little bigger, you could put a baby in there. <laughs> That's what this is. And so you know what that means? That means Mary gave birth in a stable. And there's this detail, because there's no place for them in the inn. And um, this is what it means. All of uh, Mary and Joseph's relatives are in town. Definitely Joseph's relatives, because that's the law. The law says, if you're of this family, you go to this town. If you're of this family, you go to that town. That's your hometown. Now, he doesn't actually live near his hometown. He lives way up here. By the way, Galilee, they have a strange accent. It's like, we talk strange up here. (laughs) And all the smart people down in Jerusalem, they think we're dumb. (laughs) Okay? That's what it was like. So if we ever meet Jesus, he's going to have a strange Galilean accent. And the smart people are going to think he's dumb. (laughs) And that's how Joseph and Mary talked. And they'd have to go all the way down to the smart people area. Judea is where the smarter and the richer and the more educated people, it's more down there. And they got to go down there. Because David, King David, is from that town. And he's from that line. And so all the relatives are there. The Romans say, you got to (laughs) come. And you know what? So. Joseph and Mary are in town. All their cousins, their brothers and sisters, their aunts and uncles are in town. And yet, she's out to here with the baby and they can't get a hotel room. (laughs) So there's a couple things it means. Number one, they're very poor. Now I don't know if you know this, when a lot of new people come into town, kids, you know what happens? The hotel prices go up. So maybe they just can't afford it. But here's the part that really, it really gets to me. This is, this is Christmas, OK? If I go to a, a strange town and my relatives are there, like I'm a pastor, I don't make tons of money. So if, if the prices shoot up, you know all I have to do? <laughs> I don't, have to, I don't have to worry about how much it pays. I just call up my uncle, and you're like, uncle. <laughs> or I call up my brother. My brother makes better than money than me. Or I call up my uncle. You know, my uncle is pretty successful. And I'm like, uncle, we've got to show up in town, and we kind of can't afford this. Can you help me out? He'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, Susan, no problem. <laughs> no problem. That's what will happen. About a week and a half ago, you guys all know her. You know Laura, my daughter she's sitting over there somewhere. So she was in Korea, because she was studying in Seoul. And about a week and a half ago, she calls me up and goes, Dad, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> I'm going, what? She goes, I was throwing up. And so my friend took me to the hospital. I'm in the emergency room. They're going to run these tests. And you know what they found out? She got to get her appendix out. I was like, whoa, surgery? <laughs> She has to get her appendix out. So a week and a half ago, my daughter had needed emergency appendectomy in Seoul. So guess what? We have, friends, we have family. Grace's family, they're not exactly in Seoul, but they're like near Seoul. And so we can't be there for our daughter. So you know what Grace did? She just called up her cousins. She called up two of her cousins and said, hey, Laura, and they, they know Laura, they met Laura, they love Laura. Laura is getting emergency appendix surgery. So you know what happened? One of Grace's cousins, whom you know, uh, Laura calls uncle, he hopped into his car, and because the traffic is really bad in the city, he had to drive two hours. Which should be like a 40-minute you know, like drive. It took him two hours, but he didn't care. He drove two hours to get to the hospital so he could talk to the doctors, talk to the nurses to make sure his niece was okay. That's what happened. And a couple of days later, after the surgery, Grace's other cousin, her name is Songun. Laura calls her Auntie. Songun shows up. Songun is a godly woman of God. I mean, she just loves Jesus. And when we met her, she loved us. And when I met her, I was like, oh my goodness, this lady is awesome. So Grace called up her cousin Sungun, and Sungun shows up, picks Laura up from the hospital. She paid the bill. We didn't want her to do that. <laughs> she paid the bill, took Laura home to her house, fed her, wined her, dined her, took her to the opera, <laughs> and loved her like her very own daughter. Where was Mary's home Where is Joseph's cousin? They weren't showing up for them. And they're right there in town. There's a stable, probably just a little outside of town. And in town is where the hotels are. And the Joseph clan's over there. And the Mary clan's over there. None of them were taken care of the mother of the Son of God, who's giving birth to the most important baby of all time. That's the story. That's the story. Now, of so many kids are like, what, what's, what, what's going on? <laughs> Why aren't they there? Why aren't they paying for the hotel? Why is this baby being born? You know, it's it's I just have you ever been in a stable, kids? It smells bad. (laughs) If they didn't clean the stable, you walk in and you can smell the pee. It definitely smells like pee. Okay, and if they didn't clean it the night before, you you know you smell the other stuff too, because it's there. The horse is there and just takes a dump. It's a lot. If you ever watch a horse take a dump, it's a lot of stuff comes out, okay? <laughs> right? And if they didn't clean it, the baby's right here, and the horse's junk is right there. <laughs> That's where the Son of God was born. So you're like, why didn't they come? So I'm going to tell you something about this. So we all know, we know that this baby is a miracle baby. Okay. Joseph had a dream and an angel told him in the dream, this is the son of God. Okay. Do not, don't be divorcing Mary. You got to take care of her. Mary gets an angel. This is the Son of God. But, kids, you're not supposed to have children before you get married. Okay? I don't know if your parents have taught you that. They should. Okay? It's still the case today. It's definitely the case then. And this society is pretty strict. So, it says in the Bible that Mary Mary was to his betrothed, that means they're engaged, not married, okay? Engaged, not married. So then, that means everybody in the family can see she's pregnant, but you're not married. So probably what happened, it doesn't exactly say this in the Bible, but I'm pretty sure this is a a very good likelihood this is what's going on. They said, our cousins, they're, they're bad. <laughs> they sin. And we're kind of ashamed of you. In fact, we are ashamed of you. Because we don't really believe that miracle stuff. How could you? We're poor. We talk funny. We come from the poor part of the country. So it's very hard for Mary to say, well, this baby is, you know, like the son of God. The Messiah, the one that we've all been waiting for. And this baby came by a miracle. And you know what I think is going on? Mary's family, Joseph's family, they don't believe it. (laughs) And they're not helping. And so the baby is born in a stable and gets placed in the dish bowl. Um, when you were born, you were probably born in a nice hospital. Some of you kids, when you were born, I came to that hospital. <laughs> I prayed for you in the hospital. And trust me, you had a nice blanket. You had a great doctor. You had great nurses. Your mom and dad, it was a, a heart your mom and it was hard. okay? But you had a great, you, had a, you were in a great place. But at this place, there's no doctor. There's no nurse. There's nobody there. Mary and Joseph and the baby. It must have been super stressful for Joseph. He's like, I don't know how to deliver a baby. And there's nobody else there. If your mom had to give birth to you, And five feet away is the horse's poo. She would be crying that day. It wouldn't be a happy day. We all think of Christmas. It's a super happy day. It's great for us because the Savior has come. But was it great for Jesus? Was it great for Joseph? Was it great for Mary? Mary, I'm pretty sure, was crying that day. Let me tell you, as a man, as a husband, as a father, if any one of my kids was born really close to the horse poo, I would be crying that day too. I'd be so sad. I'd be so broken. This is how the first Christmas actually was like. And some of you think, well, then the the wise men are going to show up, right? And they're going to show up with gold because, you know, the wise men are rich and they're educated because they're wise. But they weren't there. That's not in the story. That's not in the Bible. You know who shows up? Shepherds show up. Shepherd or poor, they can't, it's like God invited like the poorest people, the lowest ends of society. There's no educated people there. There's no rich people there. There's no pastors there. There's no priests there. There's no cousins. There's no doctors. There's no, they, they can't even, they don't even have money to say, hey, we'll help you. We'll go get a doctor. They can't even do that. So, how would they even know that they're coming to the right place? Because the angel said to the shepherds, You're going to show up, you will see a baby in a manger. It's in, a, it's in a, let's look at it, verse 12. Verse 12. And this will be a sign for you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You'll see it, okay? And you go to verse 16. And the baby, and they went with haste. They hurried up. They found Joseph and Mary. And you know what they said? They saw this baby lying in a manger. In 16 verses, you're told that three times. The Bible wants you to get it. It's actually a really hard scene. Now, I want to say, why am I talking about it being really painful? Christmas is not just about happy, happy. The Son of God came to do something very, very hard. And He did not come to do it. That's hard thing that He came to do. You know, if you grew up in the church, you know that He preached, He healed, and then He was rejected. He was nailed up on a cross and murdered. You know that that's what He came for. But you know the rejection doesn't start when He starts to preach. The rejection starts when He's born. (laughs) The Son of God came to be rejected. That's the story of Christmas. And you know who first rejected Jesus? His own family. <laughs> That's the story. His own family didn't show up. And they rejected him first. And so he was put in the worst baby crib ever. That's how the story starts. And here's what I want to say to you today. You know, kids, sometimes... Um, You go to school. You you know, other kids are mean. I'm sure you're not mean, right? (laughs) You're never mean to other kids, right? I have to say, sometimes I was pretty mean. (laughs) Um, And it's really painful when other kids reject you, isn't it? When they say you're ugly, when they say you're stupid, you can't be my friend, don't sit here, you can't play with us. You can't be one of us. It doesn't get easier when you grow up, kids. I'm sorry, to say. You go into the world, and you know what? People who should accept you, they'll reject you. That's what it's like. So you're gonna become like you're gonna go to junior high, seventh grade, eighth grade. Hey middle schoolers, has it gotten better? The rejection problem. So all these middle schoolers are like, oh my gosh, I just like shot up a foot and like now I'm like really uncomfortable. <laughs> my body's changing. My voice is changing. <laughs> Joshua used to be like, hey, 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 Uncle Susong," And now he's like, hi, Uncle Susong." <laughs> right? I'm like, whoa, what happened? Okay. And like, it's uncomfortable. And you show up. It's really hard to be the one who's rejected. Um, but you become an adult. Oh, we adults. We're so strong. We are so, we have, we're so full of security. And we just know we're not afraid of rejection, are we? We're totally afraid of rejection. You show up. You comb your hair, <laughs> you put on your clothes, you're like, okay, like us like, like put on the sweater so nobody can see that I'm, the stomach is starting to come over. That's why I wear the sweater, by the way, okay? It's, it's, it's just helpful at this time. So, oh, it's, it's Christmas, you can wear a sweater, good, and they cannot watch the stomach blob over, okay? Since it's getting bigger, since it's Christmas, so I'm eating too much, okay? But we all do these things, and the world, other people size you up. And whatever their standard is, if you don't fall into their standards, they reject you. <laughs> this is part of the sin of the world. And in, you know, their standards weren't bad. They're just trying to follow God's law. But in God's ways, there also should be mercy, there should be faith, there should be kindness. I don't know, even the family wasn't kind. That's crazy. And the way I want to close out is this. Kids, as you grow up, I want you to think about this. If you go to school, you go to your friends. I hope this doesn't happen to you. But in a room this size, it's going to happen to some of you. You're going to have a really good friend in about fifth grade or sixth grade. Then you go to seventh grade. That friend who is your bestie is going to go hang out with some cooler kids, or the ones that they think are cooler, probably not cooler. And then they're going to turn on you. It's going to hurt real bad. Right? Maybe some of you already experienced it. When that happens, I want you to think about Christmas. Jesus isn't a God who's way up there and he doesn't understand. Everybody thinks God is far away and I'm down here and it hurts. If someone says I'm too ugly or too dumb or too poor or whatever, right? But Christmas is about the God he totally understands. He came to be rejected so that he could love the rejected. That's us, okay? He didn't choose a rich family. He didn't choose to have the smart, sophisticated accent. He came to have the, quote, unquote, dumb people's accent. He came to be born in the poorest place and be rejected. And I want to close my message now for all of you who are a little bit older. America's becoming bad. There's something about Christianity there's a lot of things about Christianity. It's not just one or two things that our culture hates. And so now on their standards, Christians are falling into the rejected group. If you're a teenager or if you're in high school or you're in college or you're working, you're going to get what Jesus got. You, out. No help for you. You're, we, we don't want. We don't want to be near you. That's going to happen to the Christians. Maybe it's already happening. And we must remember Christmas. Jesus is the God. He gets you. He gets you. Okay. I want to close my message this. I wrote a little piece in an essay this week and I thought I'd kind of share it this way, right? I'll just do that close. Jesus wasn't just rejected when he was born. He came to be rejected. He was first rejected by his family and then he was rejected by his people, the Galileans, then the Judeans, then the Romans, basically everybody. And then even His own disciples betrayed Him. And then, this is the hardest part of all, even God turned away from His Son, Jesus. You know why? Because on the cross, Jesus, though He is pure And holy and totally sinless, never did anything wrong, or never will do anything wrong. Our sins, he came to say, I'm going to come and be among those who should be rejected by God. And you know who that is? That's us. If we come before God, all of God's standards, God will say, You're below, you're unacceptable. I have to reject you. But God said, I don't want to reject them. I want to love them. So he turned to his son and said, Son, will you become a human being, become a baby, become a man forever so that I could reject you? And then when I reject you, then I can accept them the rejection that all human beings deserve because we're so sinful, Jesus came to take on Himself. And then He could wash it all away so that God would forever and ever, He would always accept us. The rejection started at the beginning so that before God would never be rejected, would only be accepted. That's what Christmas, is about okay on that cross God rejected his son because we were he was had our sin on him so that he can take all of us and says you'll be my sons you'll be my daughters now and you'll never be rejected that's what Christmas is for okay and when you go into the world today I want you to think about that. If you believe that, we go into life, and some people are going to be the smart people. They're the tough people. They're the rich people. They're the cool people. They decide, in this group, you out. I don't like you. (laughs) You're not cool enough. You're not smart enough. You're a Christian. We don't like you. We've got to get rid of you and fire you, Okay. But there's somebody above them that's God. And the Son of God came to take that rejection away from God. So that you before God will always be accepted and always have all of the riches from Christ. So in 2023, don't be afraid, okay? Don't be afraid of people. Sometimes it's going to really hurt. It's really going to hurt when people reject you, okay? But always remember, Jesus knows, and God fully embraces and loves you, because Jesus has now washed away all your sin and even taken away your rejection. So be courageous and remember this, and live with joy and hope, Okay? Let's pray. Christmas, we think about how there is a son who was given to take away our sins. But there's a son who is given to take away even the way we are sinned against. The way we are unjustly rejected and abandoned and betrayed. Thank you, Jesus. We're the ones who deserve to be rejected. But you, who did never, ever, ever deserve to be rejected, you came to be one with those who rejected and who were hurt and abandoned. And it started right at the beginning of your birth. Thank you, Lord Jesus, you fully understand. And thank you, Lord Jesus, you never leave us. Thank you. Now, Father, you would actually do this crazy, crazy thing. You knew that your son was gonna be born and placed in the worst baby crib ever and be hurt. And yet you chose it so that you can fully accept us and love us. And help us remember that Christmas is not just a gift of toys or of a nice holiday, white elephant gifts. Christmas is a gift of courage. Christmas is a gift of hope. Christmas is that all the ways that we are ever hurt by rejection will always be washed away and healed by the acceptance and love of the Father forever and ever. Help us to remember that and have the gift of Christmas for 365 days all of 2023 in this time when our society is increasingly rejecting us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.